Hello, and welcome to the Four Bronx Community Podcast. My name is Laura Levine Pinedo, and I am the founder and the director of the Four Bronx Project. My journey has led me to such amazing neighbors with such interesting stories, and I am ready to share them with you. I invite you to join us as we meet members of our community, such as small business owners and so much more. Let's support local, and let's have a cup of tea together and chat about all things community. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Four Bronx Community Podcast. Today we are joined by Steve Patternack. Good morning, Steve. How are you? I'm doing great, Laura. How are you this morning? I'm doing amazing. There's nothing like waking up super early on a Friday morning, right? Isn't yeah. it amazing? Yeah. Well, well it's not, not so early. It's only nine o'clock. It's, yeah, you know. I've been, uh, I've been up since five. <laughs> oh, I don't even think about it. So... Stephen Patternack is a real estate investor, salesperson, property manager, bar owner, author, and has been born and raised in the Bronx for his entire life. Born into a family of three boys, Stephen is the youngest who grew up in a household where his father taught him hard work and honesty. Steve now is an associate broker with Keller Williams Real Estate in the Bronx and has closed over $30 million worth of transactions in his career and has helped over 200 families find housing. Stephen's father passed away in 2009, and after that, he made it his mission to get the street renamed after his father, so Gallo's place in the Van Cortland Village community is now called Howard E. Patternack Way and Stephen's Eyes. This was the ultimate way to leave his father's legacy and confirm that generations will always know who and how much his father impacted not just him, but the entire community. Stephen's mother was a school teacher for much of her career at Our Lady of Angels in the Kingsbridge community. She told Steve to put God first and to live a life in God's image. Stephen started out in public school, PS95, and Van in Van Cortland Village in the fifth grade. Then he transferred into visitation. And it was there that he met most of his lifelong friends to this day. Stephen keeps a close community of friends that he went to grammar school with. Um, his friends have... His friends have helped shape um, Steve. Steve is who he is because they allow him to be his true self at all moments. During the pandemic, Steve decided to start focusing on small businesses as a small business owner himself. He knew small businesses will be the ones that will keep this community going. Stephen lives life very simply in one sense. This is the golden rule that he was taught when he was younger. Treat others as you would want to be treated. In every situation or every crossroads in Stephen's life, he uses his father as his angel and guiding voice. He asks himself, what would my dad do in this moment and try his best to do something or make the decision that both his father and God would want him to do. So good morning, Steve. That was a beautiful introduction. Thank you for that. No, it's really beautiful. Like you, you don't forget where you come from, right? So that's, that's very important. And you know, your roots and the people who have molded you to the person you are today. So enough about us. Let's talk about you. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up, went to school, etc. What was your uh, childhood like? So, um, I was born in the Bronx, Albert Einstein Hospital. Big shout out to uh, East Chester Road, Albert Einstein Hospital. Um, for some reason, I always thought that made me smarter than other people because I was born in Albert that's Einstein actually, Hospital. Yeah, that's actually, yeah. That's kind of funny. <laughs> Maybe it's true. <laughs> so yeah, I was born in the Bronx, um, raised right here on Sedgwick and Giles Place. Um, 
which is now Howard E. Pattern Act Way. Um, in you know, early years of school, I went to PS95. Um, well, earlier than that, I went to the Amalgamated. Then I went to PS95. Fifth grade. My Amalgamated mom, Nursery School, right? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Right across the street from the train park. Love that train park. Um, in fifth grade, my mom and dad decided that it would be better for me to go into private school, so they put me in visitation. Um, uh, my childhood was spent in the neighborhood. I mean, Pigeon Park was the stomping grounds. Um, it, it, we literally, like, you know, back then there was no cell phones, and it was basically like, all right, you go out, you make sure when the streetlights come on, that's when you got to get home. You actually have to communicate with people and play, yeah, right, and go out. Yeah. yeah. So I, I listen. I, I feel absolutely blessed that I was born and raised in the community that I was born and raised in. Um, I feel blessed that I was born here in the Bronx. When I'm on vacation, when I'm away, even when I'm outside of the country, when people ask where. I'm I'm from, I don't even say New York, I say I'm from the Bronx. Right. And people know that. And and so I'm very, very proud of where I'm from. And uh, I, I think I had a great childhood, as mentioned in your wonderful introduction there. Most of my friends that I have to this day, I've known 20, 30, you know, going on. You know, I have one friend, my my best friend, Chris, uh, who's actually my brother. His mother's my godmother. The story goes that his mother met my mother and they were pregnant with us at the time. So we legit know each other from before we're born. From the womb. The from days the womb. of the womb. Yes, yes. That's yes. so cool. That's so cool. And he's still your best friend. Yeah, I mean, he's my brother at this point. Your brother. Yeah. So yeah. there's, you have three brothers then. I have. You have two biological. Two biological brothers. And Chris. And then I have Chris. And I have, honestly, most of my friends, I, I really consider family. Like if I am close, if you're close enough to me that I'm going to embrace you and we've embraced each other over the course of so many years, like I consider you family. So uh, there's a big group of us. There's probably eight, nine, ten of us that we all consider ourselves brothers. You're very, bl like if you have, you know, they always say like if you have the amount of friends, like real, real friends that you can count on one hand, you're blessed. And you're like going into two hands. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. um, now, are you like me? Like when you drive, because you're all over the place. Like sometimes you go here, you go there. When you go to Pennsylvania, right? You drink coffee? I do not drink coffee. Okay. You got a bagel? Like I know you got to stop somewhere <laughs> for something. Like Arby's. Arby's. Being from the Bronx, right? Like we want everything like like right away. Oh boy. When I go to like, I went to Scranton, Pennsylvania and I was waiting for a coffee and I was like, oh my gosh, why is this taking so long? Like, do you notice that? Like, yeah. yeah. there's nowhere like... New York City in the Bronx. In the Caribbean, it's called island time. Okay. You're there on island time. Everything is just chill. Wagwan, what can I get for you? You know, and they just take their time. Right. So me, I'm like, listen, I need a drink. I need a I need pina colada. Meal. It's four o'clock. Yeah. I, need <laughs> I was just in Aruba recently and like the service is just so slow and then I have to really just kind of take a deep breath and You're say, like, I'm wait on a vacation. Second. I'm on vacation. Let me chill out. Go so. with the flow. But I yes, I mean, here in New York, everything is just fast paced. I mean, we want it now. Um, we're driven. We're, we're always got somewhere to go. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm sure you've experienced this. If you're walking in Times Square, legit, like you have to walk around the tourists because everybody's just sitting there with their heads up looking at all the buildings. I know. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I went to college downtown. I know that all too well. Are you a bacon, egg, and cheese guy? Uh, bacon, egg, and cheese. I, yes. I'm going to put you on the spot now because I, this is the most important question I'm going to ask you this whole podcast. Where are you going for that bacon, egg, and cheese around here? Around here? Where am I going for a bacon, egg, and cheese? Honestly, I'm probably going to go to the diner. Like, I'd go to Tippett's Diner. Tippett's Diner? I'd go to Tippett's Diner for a bacon, egg, and cheese. It used to be I would go to the Riverdale Diner. Um, or the, uh, Sometimes I would maybe switch between Tippett's or the Dale. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm really, really in a pinch. I mean, listen, back in the day, I'd go to Van Cortland Deli on 238th Street across from the Punch Bowl. Oh, but, yeah. But, Van Cortland Deli. But that place has turned into, like, a, a different sort it's, of business these days. It's a Mexican days. business now, right? Yeah, Mexican, Tio 
Nacho. Yeah, yeah. It's a different sort of business there. So that was growing up. That's where that I went. That was the place. That yep. was the spot. So it would either be ham, egg, and cheese, bacon, egg, and cheese, oh. or sausage, egg, and cheese. Um, yes. These days, I'll just stop in the diner real quick. But honestly, like, you know, right now, I'm doing uh, intermittent fasting. So I don't eat breakfast. I feel like if I did intermittent <laughs> fasting, I might murder somebody. Like, you, you fast for like 12 hours, right? I fast for 16 hours. Oh, my I God. haven't eaten since 8 o'clock last night. And Please. I won't eat until 12 o'clock today. Okay, and then where are you going at twelve? What are you going to eat at twelve? So in my car, I have a uh, a small cooler mm-hmm. where I've got some overnight oats. I've got um, some baked chicken that I can eat on the go if I need to. I have a protein shake, mm-hmm. and then I've got some turkey roll ups, and then that's going to be my meals for the rest of the day until about seven o'clock, and I'll have a dinner at home with the family. I mean, God bless, but I think <laughs> Angie and I are going to hit up the buffet after this, right, <laughs> Angie? <laughs> All right, so. Um, you know, when, why, how, what made you go into real estate? Like, you went to college? I did, yeah. I went to Long Island University. And what, you're like, what am I going to do with my life? So, what kind of steered you in this direction? So, I finished college in 2004-ish. I believe it was 2004. And I say I finished college because I walked, but I didn't technically graduate. I owed three credits. And... Um, I'll get a little bit into that a little bit later. But mm-hmm. I finished college in 2004. My dad gave me two decisions. He said, listen, he gave me one decision, two choices. He said, listen, if you want, your major is public relations, communication. Um, if you want, at that time, the going rate for a salary was approximately 40, 45K if I went and found the job in the PR field. Um, he said, you can go and do that. I will support you. You can live at home. You don't got to worry about you know paying rent, blah, blah, blah. Or... I'll teach you how to never depend on another man for a check for the rest of your life. I'll pay you $500 a week, which is probably about half of what I would have made in the uh, public relations okay. field at the time. I would pay you $500 a week for 12 months, and at the end of those 12 months, the $500 a week is up, and you will never have to worry about getting a salary again. At that point, I chose the latter. Um, he made me go get my real estate license. So he was a real estate... So my father was a real estate investor and a property manager. Okay. Um, he never technically had his license at that time. It wasn't necessarily such a big deal. He it was, was a different time back then. Different time, yeah. In the 70s and 80s, it was a much different time. Mm-hmm. Um, but even... And then once my brother Daniel, my older brother, who's an attorney now, once he was old enough to get his, uh, um, get his license, Daniel got his license. So Daniel was my father's agent whenever he needed one in that situation. I see. So my dad gave me the that choice. I chose the latter. Um, he had me get my real estate license. He taught me how to put deals together. He taught me how to um, work for clients, try to make money on my own, and that's how I ended up getting my real estate license. And that was 2004. Now here we are, 2023. So I'm almost 20 years in. And you love it. I no regrets. So peaks and valleys. I tell everybody this about real estate and being a salesperson because over the course of my 19, 20 years in the business, a lot of people ask me, "Hey, I want to get into real estate. I want to be a salesperson. I want to make money." I say. You gotta understand that it's peaks and valleys. And you're not just gonna get your license and then boom, the next day you're gonna get you're gonna start making money. You have to work towards it. So to answer your question, I absolutely love it. I love it because I have my own choices to make every single morning. Um, I'm in charge of how much money I make. I'm in charge of my salary. I don't have to show up and have somebody say, okay, this is the value of your work. The value of your work is only $40,000 a year, $50,000 a year, $15 an hour, $20, whatever it may be. Right. I put a value on my own work. And the harder I work, the more successful I am. And what I've learned over the past 20 years is that it's not necessarily 
the, the amount of money that I make, but the amount of people and the amount of lives that you could change, that directly correlates with how successful I am and how much money I make. Is there like a story or an experience uh, from your real estate career that you want to share, like a family who got a first time home, anything like that that really kind of touched you? Yeah, yeah, Lydia, Lydia Gaton. Um, Lydia, so <laughs> I finished college 2004. Okay. So immediately I started working in the Shalom Aleichem houses, that's where my dad's office was, right there on Cedric and 238th. Um, so I'm working there and this little old lady walks in and ella no habla ningún inglés. Okay. Okay, she okay. don't speak a word of English. Um, I had taken Spanish in school. I had learned from people that I knew certain words. Um, she came in with the Section 8 voucher um, and she was looking for an apartment. She didn't speak a word of English. Nobody in the office spoke Spanish. I was the only one who was able to help her. I did my first deal in Spanish with her. That woman, to this day, calls herself Mi Abuela. Aww. She calls me. So she's still she there. On, she's still there. She calls Aww. me. She checks on me. Um, you know, she when I was living in the courtyards at the time, um, she would cook me dinner. Probably she, the best food you ever ate. Oh my ate, lord! Right? Yes, she would come down to the office, bring me lunch. That one specific situation really touches my heart because I was she was she was a retired school teacher from the Dominican Republic right. she had just come to this country she had no idea she literally just walked in the office and then from that moment I was able to help her get herself situated she she ended up introducing me to her children I became friends with them and and I was li literally able to help this woman get on her feet and really get situated here in this country that's amazing I love that story so much and that you're still like close with her absolutely 100%. and she makes the best food she makes amazing food Food. Probably way better than any restaurant, right? Like, <laughs> like that home, that home cooked food is well, amazing. Because it's made with love. Made with love. Now, in your opinion, why is it so important to invest back into your community? So that's a great question. And, and I think it's important to invest back in the community because you live here. And because when you wake up in the morning and you go for a jog or you wake up in the morning and you walk your kids to school, when you wake up in the morning and you have to go to work, you want to feel like you're in a place that you're proud of. And when you come home from work and you bring your kids home from work and whatever, from school, you want to feel like you're proud of where you live and you want to feel like it. So the more you invest into it and the more you help the small businesses and the more you help different people and, and, and try, try to build it up, the more proud you're going to be of the community. So I think that's the most important thing thing and that's why I like to give back as much as I can um, because it's just I, I'm proud of where I come from this has made me literally this community has made me the person that I am today and I wouldn't be the same person without it my mom jokes because like when we were younger she's like I want a house I want you know and my dad was like oh you know we, we stay here we stay here and okay one of those like yeah we, we're, we're, anything, we're right? staying here we're staying here and you know listen during the 80s there was a crazy real estate recession and my dad lost a lot of buildings and properties and money and we were in a bad spot so my dad's situation in the, in the in the building was that we were able to provide he was able to provide a roof over our heads right and my mom wanted the house because she grew up in a house and I'm so glad that they never moved us out because honestly I wouldn't be the same person where does your mom live now my mom lives in Hartsdale now okay so she after so my your, father your passed dad away. was the type that like even if he won the lottery he's still staying there right <laughs> yes yeah yeah yes. I know a lot of yes. Bronx old school people yeah. that are like that well my dad so my dad was born in Brooklyn, 1948, 1949. Um, his father, so the, the story goes, my grandfather was, uh, was, 
if he was a retired musician, but he was also very handy and he was really good with his hands. So he's in the barbershop, uh, 19, mid 1940s. And there's a super wealthy guy. His name is Bill Kasnitz. He's in the barber's chair and he's getting a shave and he's looking for somebody to paint his mansion. Mm -hmm. My grandfather was looking for work. I'll paint your mansion. Painted the guy's mansion. They sparked up a friendship that would last for the rest of their lives. Um, Bill Kasnitz bought the Shalom Aleichem houses in 1949, moved my grandfather and his whole family, including my dad, who was one years old at the time, to that building. So my dad, and there wasn't even an apartment ready. If you drive by Sedgwick right now, you'll see this three storefronts. Um, the third one on the corner, which was my office for about three years, was where they lived and until there was an apartment available. So my dad, from 1949 until the day he died in 2009, lived in that building. Is that the building that Gary Axelbank lives in too? No, Gary lives in the, uh, I believe Gary lives a little further down in the Amalgamated. Okay. So, you know Pigeon Park? Yes. Right across the street, there's a big castle. Okay. That It's 236 units. That's the Shalom Aleichem Houses, That's or it. AKA the Courtyard. I met somebody who lived there. I don't know who, but... Um, so... You are so busy, right? You're such a busy guy. I don't even know how we got like you here this the, morning. I, I like to use the word productive. Productive and work busy smarter, is, not harder, right? Yeah, I think that busy is something that people tell themselves um, just to kind of mask the fact that they're not really getting anything done. So you're a very, very productive person. I try person. to be as productive so as So I possible. feel very happy that you came to see us this morning. Um, now, you are also a partner in a bar. Yes. In Manhattan. I don't know if yes. a lot of people know that. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that bar and, you know, maybe sure. we want to go? Sure. It's actually, um, so it's called Bar 9. It's on 9th Avenue uh, between 53rd and 54th Street. Mm -hmm. um, and our claim to fame is that we are NYC's original dueling piano show. Okay. Um, so I'm actually the, the, the sole owner there. Oh, you are? I am, yes. Okay. So my brother uh, came up with the concept of dueling piano. Well, he didn't come up with the concept, but he brought the concept of dueling pianos to New York City probably back in the early 2000s. Your brother Dan? My brother Michael. Michael. My okay. older brother Michael. Um, he, brought, he brought that. He owned a couple different dueling piano bars. Um, him and his partner had uh, separate visions on where they wanted to take the company. So Michael asked me, he said, listen, I have this great show. Do you want to open up a bar and I'll bring the show there? So that was 2014. Um, so yeah, we've been there nine years. It's a dueling piano bar. It's, nine uh, is your number, right? <laughs> nine years, bar nine, Ninth Avenue. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, um, it's it's a it's an amazing uh, uh, place. Um, you know, COVID obviously hit us very hard, but we were able to keep some of the employees on the payroll. The manager, the porter, certain guys. We weren't able. Right. to We were closed, legit closed, and I was just paying them just to, you know, show because up. Because that's and, the person that you are. Yeah. Well, I felt like I, I owed it to the salaried employees. Unfortunately, the bartenders and the server. I couldn't do anything. What I did do was I hosted a fundraiser right before we closed down and I did a virtual fundraiser for them and I raised, I don't know, maybe four or five grand and I just kind of broke it down accordingly for all of the different people and I gave them a couple hundred bucks each so they can go do whatever In they In 2020, you never thought what was going to happen was going to happen, right? No. They not. started like 50% capacity, right? Like all this and then like boom. Yep. Yep. It, oh, two weeks will be closed. We'll reopen again. Nobody no, ever thought. No, no, nobody ever thought. So the the bar is a is an amazing opportunity for me to meet people and to impact people's lives. I mean, I have a staff of anywhere from ten to fifteen in a given week, um, and I'm able to do two things. I'm able to give people uh, an opportunity to make money, put a roof over their heads, feed their families, and I'm able to give the general public 
an opportunity to come out and forget about all their problems. Right. Sit down, listen to live music. It's it's two dual, it's two piano players and a drummer. It's an all request show. So if you walk in there and you want to hear Billy Joel, you'll tip maybe five bucks. And then I say, I, I want to hear Baby Got Back by Sir Mix a Lot. So I'm gonna tip ten bucks. They'll stop playing your song and they'll start playing my oh, that's song. Fun. And then you say, No, 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 I want Billy Joel back. You'll tip eleven oh, that's bucks. Fun. So it's that, that's the dueling concept of it. Um, it's an amazing show, and uh, you know how, how like how often is the show every day or the weekends? So um, we do the piano show on uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. We're closed on Sundays and Mondays, um, but Wednesday through Saturday night we have a dueling piano. And then show. Tuesdays just a regular bar. Tuesdays we have um, right now it's called Bar Nine's Next Nine. Mm -hmm. So we have a, a young lady by the name of Faith, and what she does is she brings in nine different musicians every Tuesday, and they do a sort of like an open mic sort of situation. Oh, cool. And but the 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 shtick to it is that each person has to bring their friends and family, and they all by a round of applause or by uh, by round of applause that person wins and then they get a small prize it's like an American Idol yes a bar nine yep. idol yep 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 so you know that's awesome I, I don't think too many people know that about you right probably not yeah so we all have to take a trip down to Manhattan <laughs> right we gotta I mean I would love to see that show absolutely um, so now pandemic hits you have this you have all you know you have your real estate you have the bar and you decide I'm gonna start doing small business spotlights <laughs> Because you don't have enough to do, right? So you go around to businesses in Riverdale, Kingsbridge, correct? Yep. And you sit down and you have like a one-on-one -on -one interview with them. Now, yes. what motivated you to, to do that? Like, what did you have a feeling or I got to help these businesses? So it's a couple different things, right? The first, and I have to, have to, have to shout out Gary Vaynerchuk. Because at that time... I had just been introduced to him and he was talking about putting as much content out there as possible. So now, but he also said to be your authentic you. And in my eyes, <clears throat> the most authentic version of myself is when I'm giving back or when I'm helping people. So, and I know a lot of local business owners. I said, hey, how about, I, in my head, I'm like, why don't I just film this segment where I could kind of just film or, or try to promote local businesses? Right. So I combined the two and I was helping myself create content so that way I could put it out into the world and helping the business owners by driving business to their establishment. And it also adds value to our community. Like Absolutely, yeah. I, I just want to shout out because my favorite episode I love Steve from Blackstone I tell every <laughs> single person I think Steve could have his own reality show and like he could literally sit at this podcast and keep it going for hours yeah. like right yeah yeah Steve is uh, an amazing guy I mean I, I've known him for many many years and Steve is uh, you know his background he's uh, I believe he's Greek yes and he is so proud of that and he's so proud of the business there, and he works so hard he's in the so business. He's so humble, and yes. he's so like, you know, yes. it's just like. You know, like listen, you don't walk into many establishments and always see the owner there. You know, like if right. he's not there, it's like, where's Steve? I know, where, yeah, it's true, I was like, where is he, where is he? <laughs> but we gotta also understand that he has a wife, kids, and a family, and we have to, that he has to have his own life, but Steve is an amazing gem, and, and he's a great addition to this community, and I'm very proud to call him a friend. Right, I loved your episode with Spiro, you did, you did Blue Bay, Blue Spiro, Bay before Spiro. they closed, yes, yep, I did You did Spiro's. Steve, you interviewed me. Yes, I did. Uh, yeah, who uh, else did you do? The Hill. 
Oh yeah, Iggy, right? I did. I did okay. the hell. I did um, before she closed down uh, Catalina. She had the uh, learning center on Marshall Avenue. Okay. I did Early Bird before. I was early to Early Bird. Early, they, early Bird. Yeah, before they weren't even open yet, and uh, they were they were still going through the uh, construction phase. So I did an interview with them, and I, you know, for me, like honestly, it was really just giving people a platform. Right. And 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 any way that I could help somebody. I've realized that through life, the most important thing is finding out what drives you. And I've learned over the course of the past, you know, 42 years that I've been on this earth that my passion is helping people. Right. So and you're I, so good at it. I, I, I enjoy doing it. I, I appreciate that. I, uh, yeah. So that's what I do. Okay. And that's why I did it. I really did it to give back and to help people. And, you know, you know, transitioning into the next question, it's so important for you to give back to our community. What are some events that you have done? So... I try, so as a as a realtor, right? So if anybody's looking to buy, sell, or rent, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, as a real estate agent, I think it's important to give back not only to the community, but to also give back to your community of people that have entrusted themselves, entrusted my, me to sell their properties or help them buy a property. So what I've done is I try to do local events. Um, so Photos with Santa is a big hit. I've done it now for three years. Um, so I basically book a, a Santa um, and I make my office into a winter wonderland where people can come in and for free, instead of going to Macy's and waiting on a three hour line, they can come in and they can take photos with Santa. Um, I love that so much. Yeah. Is that your office on Sedgwick? So uh, that is one of my offices, but I do this in my Keller Williams office, which is on East Chester Road. It's okay. a bigger setup. I have uh, more space there to be able to, uh, to, to do move Do you do around. pictures for adults? Of course. And cats? I might bring my cat. Listen, I, I, I had somebody bring a cat one time. No. Not really? a cat, a dog. A dog. Somebody brought a dog one time. Um, so, Photos with Santa is a big hit. Recently, um, I started, last year, I started doing a day at the ballpark. And what I did with the day at the ballpark is I tied it in with some sort of uh, give back or some sort of charity. So, last year, I bought 50 tickets to the Yankee game and I gave them away to my friends, family, clients. Um, and what I told everybody was, I said, you don't have to pay for the ticket. I'm going to do a tailgate before. So I paid for a cook. I paid for a barbecue. I paid for space. Um, I paid for the tickets. And all I asked was, please bring something to donate to local schools for kids going back to school. Right. I was able to get, I think it was almost a hundred different book bags, school supplies, all these different things I was able to give back. So I tied the two together, right? So, you know, giving back to the community and also giving back to my clients. Right. This year, my day at the ballpark, um, I chose to focus on local veterans um, and you were involved in that project with me as well I did the same thing I bought 50 tickets I did a tailgate um, and I basically opened up a GoFundMe where we raised $1,375 to be able to give to Tree Army right. so that way they can help uh, make the park more beautiful that's right up the street here. Veterans Park by the Monument. Yep, Shout yep. out to Nick and Joel for all the work they do. <clears throat> Absolutely. They've done a wonderful job up there so uh, right now I'm in the process of just draw withdrawing the money from GoFundMe. They ask a lot of questions. Very interesting. It's so, yeah. They want to make sure that you're not defrauding everybody so I, I should have the money soon and then what I'll do is I'll probably set up an event where I bought one of those big checks. Uh-huh. Oh, I love uh, that. I know you've always wanted to do yeah, that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I bought one of those big checks. On How much does that check cost? Like, 
15 bucks, 20 okay. bucks. It's a, it's a I love that. Check. Yeah. And then you, me, Tree Army, and I'll probably invite some of my uh, clients to come and we can hand it over and then we can kind of let Tree Army do what they do. You should and, do that on Veterans Day. When is Veterans Day? November. It's like November, like the first week of November, no? That's actually a great idea. Isn't that a great That's idea? A great I'm idea. just idea. like, you know. That's a great idea, yeah. You should do it on Veterans They always have an event on Veterans Day and then you present the check. Just saying, yeah, just yeah. saying. Yeah. Um, so those are some of the events that I do. I mean, I've done other stuff. No, you've done a beautiful uh, Mother's Day event at Downey's. The I women did. are still talking about that. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, my mother is somebody that is super... Like, she's just so dear to my heart and I feel like I wanted to celebrate her and I wanted everybody to be able to celebrate their mothers right so I basically I went to uh, Brian over there and I, I sat down with him and uh, I said listen I want to basically do an uh, open bar and buffet and he's like alright well how much are you going to charge people I said no no dude I'm paying for it myself and I want to give it away for free how like, many people what? did you have there? I had there about, I'd say if I had to guess, I think it was above 50. It was probably 50 that is or 60 so people. Nice. That is so, so nice. And I brought the dueling pianos. No. It was a piano show. Oh my God. Yeah, I brought the pianos up there. I, it was a single piano. It was Donnie Kerr, uh -huh. who was, uh, you know, Donnie Kerr in his own right is a, is, is, a, is a star in his own right. He was in Tommy Boy. He was in Jersey Boys. He's done a ton of different things. So I right. brought him up there and he did a show for the moms. And they loved it. They absolutely I, loved I, it. The buzz of, uh, in the neighborhood, I mean, North Riverdale after this, like, Steve Patternack, Mother's Day, <laughs> piano, food. Yeah, no, they but, loved you it. You know what? Another aspect of that was I went to local businesses mm -hmm. and I asked them to give, uh, uh, donations. So, for example, uh, Steve uh, donated a $50 gift card. Right. And what I did was I did uh, uh, raffles. Mm -hmm. And I did a 50-50 raffle. So half the money went to somebody who won. Right. Right. And the other half went to a charity. That's amazing. That is so cool. And then, of course, Stephen Patternack, our Easter egg hunt. Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> this year's Easter egg hunt was absolutely insane. In. You know, where we first started, and, and, and big shout out to uh, Christina at Cleaning Wand. Yes. Uh, where we first started, you know, two years ago to where it was this year was amazing. I'm, I'm so looking forward to where we're going to be able to take it over the course of the next couple of years. Yeah, like, I don't know. How many eggs did we have? 8,000 8, 8, eggs. And it went so eggs. fast. I think we need, like, 15,000 this year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we need to, like, you know, we plan really great events and, like, big events. But for some reason, that Easter egg hunt, like, we need to, like, really, like, sit down and, like... Ta you know what the, the hardest part that we've discussed, and, and obviously you know this, is is the organization of it because like you don't want to make people RSVP and you want to kind of open it up to the public so when you open up to the public you don't know what type of turnout you're going to get like we didn't realize that there were going to be so many people it was insane it so was like how do you prepare for that and also, and also the other thing is you know we, we tell people we put these flyers up months in advance sign up sign up sign up and you know we can't turn away kids that just walk up with an Easter basket no, so that's also not. is like you know but it was so much fun and you know I think the important thing with these events is you you know I used to feel you have 500 people come to an event you could have 499 happy people yep I'm focused on that one person yeah so I, you know we all learn but it's a great day for the community and you do so much for the community and I think that Veterans Day is an amazing idea that, that is a great idea actually so what's one thing you love about Riverdale and what's one thing in your opinion that needs to improve 
one thing that I love about Riverdale, I, I love the uh, ease that I'm able to get to different places. I, I love the fact that it's so centrally located. I mean, the location of Riverdale, like you jump on the West Side Highway, you're downtown. You jump on the uh, Sawmill, you're going north up to Westchester. Um, you, if you need to take the train, you get to the train. I mean, that, right. that I love the location of Riverdale. Um, but if we're not talking physical characteristics, what I really love about Riverdale is the people. I, you know, listen... If you jump on the group page, you're going to see a whole bunch of people that are, you know, complaining and everybody says this, that, and the third. But no, really? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the people that are here, the genuine people that are not the trolls with their internet Twitter fingers are amazing, <laughs> are amazing people. Um, yes. So the people is, is the one, and the businesses, right? And, and my friends that are here. I still have friends, you know, like, uh, it's, it's my community. Yes. One thing I think that could be improved. Drum roll, <laughs> drum roll. Uh, you put me on the spot a little bit here. One thing that anything. could be approved. What do we need? What are we missing? Uh, I don't want to go with the cliche Trader Joe's answer. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Trader Joe's, if you're listening to this, you would make a killing here. One thing I think we're missing is, um, I think we're missing some sort of, uh, when, when I grew up, and, and I, you might even have joined, we had Teen Center down at oh, visitation. Oh, I love that. Kids Night Out, Teen we Center. We had Teen Center. So, like, when we were, you know, teenagers. Keith. Uh, well, maybe at your time. Well, at my time. I, I had Pete Dolan. May oh, no, I'm sorry. Pete Dolan. Yeah. Pete Dolan, Pete yes. Dolan. May he rest, rest in peace. May he rest in peace. I, I think we're missing some sort of uh, teen center. I mean, Pete put so much time. He legit just opened the doors to the basement in, uh, in Vintage. You know, like, literally. And, and yeah. we had a place to go. And it was the best time. Yeah, it was amazing. So we, it was like our own little hangout. I think that that is something that Riverdale is missing. Some sort of activity for teens so that way they can get off their phones, get off their social media, and really, really focus on building friendship and building bonds and not worry about the, the next video game that's coming out. Well, how many likes you get. And, you oh, know, yeah. it's just, I don't know how kids do it these days. You know, it's very you know bullying you know when we were kids you know there, there was bullying in school but that's where it ended not like online and right it's a whole different <sighs> it ended now. once you walked in your house because you had your, your parents there that were able to tell right. you how much they loved you but now online it's just it, it's a gift and a curse I look at the internet and social media like it's a gift and a curse if you use it the right way then it could be very beneficial but if you allow it to use you then you're going to suffer at its hands right and right. you have to understand that it's being controlled in my opinion um, it's being controlled by, by other people and by, by big business. Right. So if you notice, if you look at it on your feed, now it's just filled with sponsor ads and it's filled with all these different people that are trying to sell you something. Yeah. You have to legitimately like go and click hide ad, hide ad. It's true. So that way you don't get bombarded with it. But like if I'm talking to you about Poland Spring, I guarantee you the minute I open up my social media, I'm getting a Poland Spring ad right there. Like I always say, like it's, it's, it's crazy to me and I'm not going to get into conspiracy theory here on your show. Oh, I would love it. Go ahead. But, but I really like these phones. Like they're listening to us. They are totally listening to us. And they're tra and they're and they're learning our traits and they're learning our data. Like that's why there's this whole big thing about Elon Musk and why he bought Twitter and knowing that he's going to take a, a a loss on it because he just wants people's data. And it's a really, it's I'm a really not going to get into like selling it to China. I don't know about all that stuff. That's way above my pay grade. Let me ask you this: as a bar owner, now I find that. This is the new age. People come into the bar, they get a Coors Light. They're yeah. paying with a credit card. Nobody carries cash anymore, yeah. right? Do you think we're headed? percent of my business. You think we're headed cards. towards like cashless? I do. Yankee Stadium's cashless. Most when do you think like cashless. it's going to happen? I, I think it'll happen. I'd say probably in the next ten to fifteen years. 
I, I think that we're gonna go cashless. Listen, if you really want to go full blown conspiracy theories, they're gonna put something in our finger, ah! and we're gonna just walk into a business. Scan, and we're gonna, yeah, like yeah. a fingerprint or facial recognition. Did you ever see the movie where um, uh, currency was time? Like Justin Timberlake, yes. isn't it, right? Yeah. Currency was time. And if you didn't have a lot of time left, mm -hmm. you weren't wealthy and you had to buy time. Yes. I, I, well, I forgot the name, but it was Justin Timberlake in, in time. So I, I, I do think that by the time like the next generations are going to come along, we're going to be completely cashless. Also, right. listen, the, the dollar bill is losing value by the day. What's our debt right now? It's a couple trillion dollars. They're just printing money and giving it away like it's going out listen, of style. Listen, Steve, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just going <laughs> to BJ's and panic shop and I'll have my toilet paper sure and my rice and make sure you have your toilet paper um yeah, I love that now going back to the trolls really quick do you always notice that the trolls especially on Facebook it's a picture of like a dog or a flower and it's never their real name of course and, and, and now listen I can start I can rattle off five or six I'm not going to do it on your show I'm not even going to give them the platform but you, listen you trolls that are in the Riverdale group what's the message lives, to the trolls listen, you trolls just need to get a life seriously stop being so miserable somebody will post a picture like hey I helped this old lady cross the street and they'll be like oh you're going to get her hit by a car like listen you trolls I have legit have nothing better to do like that's what you do Me I went to the bagel store and there was one last sesame seed on that oh, bagel that God I had the week before. Yeah. You, yeah, you trolls need to get a life, seriously. And I think, and listen, I don't want to get too crazy here. You can don't edit get this too out. crazy. Steve. You, can edit this out. you can edit this out if you want. But that whole anonymous posting oh. has honestly, like, it, it's a gift and a curse. I get it, right? You want to protect your safety and you don't want people I am, to know. Yeah. You. I do get it, but I do feel some posts you shouldn't be allowed to post as anonymous yeah because I could open up a real estate office right next to you and be like Steve is not good you know like you could just make a lie about anything it's like so like crazy listen opinions are like uh, <laughs> opinions are, are, are tough because you do want to give people the platform to express themselves but sometimes not everybody needs that platform because if you're gonna again treat others as you want to be treated right why are you gonna troll somebody why are you gonna go online and make it your business to make somebody else miserable I was legit like I I jumped on, I, like, I just happened to open it up and I saw somebody that was body shaming a female. I saw that. Did you see that? I saw they that. were body shaming. So I, and I normally avoid it because like I avoid it like the play because you get sucked into those conversations. But it was too much for you. But that moment was just a bit too much for me and I had to just at least say like, listen buddy, you're, you're, you're bullying a woman here. Right. Online. Like, what is the deal? Like, what it's is so wrong crazy. with you? And then the dude, again, in typical no sense nonsense, starts telling me how he's tired of seeing me being Captain Save the Day. I'm like, dude, ah! I don't even know what you're talking about because I've never jumped in and defended somebody else yeah. before. But this is like cross nine because that's somebody's sister, somebody's daughter, somebody's maybe somebody's mother. Right. Like, dude, it's crazy. Like, what kind of man does that? They're not a man. Right. All you trolls that are that are, that are body shaming women and, and hiding behind these flower photos <laughs> and little pictures, flower you are not. Pictures. Look at yourself in the mirror. You are not a man. But 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 there is hope. God forgives. Yeah. Just change your ways. Just be nice. Um, yeah. Just be nice. Or if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it. There you go. See, this is like totally. These are all cliches. Like there's businesses that let's say we don't think it's the best, right? We don't like the food, or we don't like. I, but we're not online bashing them anonymously. Just don't go. That's it. You don't or like something, will, don't go. You go through the protocols, right? Like you go and you and you ask to speak to a manager on duty, mm -hmm. right? Speak to the waitress. Express your dis 
pleasure. See if they're able to fix it. Understand that people are humans as well. Right. Um, if that doesn't work, then if you want to, then listen, go on Google and just write a review. But nine out of ten times, speaking to the actual yes. business will solve the problem instead of going on this public platform and shaming a business like someone's like dream. Like I mean, it's crazy. Someone's livelihood. It's it's yeah. insane to me. But yeah. we could have a whole podcast on this. This is for sure. Um, what maybe is, that's maybe that'll be part two. Yeah, I know. Well, Sokol Delage, you know him, right? Uh, he owns, well, he's friends with Nick. We have like mutual friends. They want to do a Four Bronx Community Podcast after dark. After dark. Oh, oh, PG-13? Oh, yeah, PG-13. I don't have to get the rules before I show up about no. what I can or can't oh, say. Oh, my goodness. I'm not so nervous with you as others. I know you're more. <laughs> um, so what's one, th- what's one thing that you've learned up? Like growing up in the Bronx, what's one thing it has taught you? Growing up in the Bronx has taught me diversity. It's taught me that you don't judge a person based on their complexion or on what don't judge a book by its cover growing up in the Bronx I have friends of all races creeds colors sexual orientations um, and, and so it's taught me to just be as open to others as possible like I have family that grew up in Oklahoma in Tulsa and they are they, like they don't they're not as diverse because they just weren't around it. Like if you grew up in Nebraska or Wisconsin, not bashing any of these states, but like where there's not a lot of diversity, you're not going to be open to it. And then when you're in certain situations, you're not going to be able to handle yourself or you're going to maybe say something inappropriate because you were raised not to accept all people. So for me, growing up in the Bronx, it's taught me diversity. It's taught me strength, being resilient. You have to, you know, you have to be able to get up. You get knocked on your rear end. You got to be able to get up and fight. Right. Because if not, the city will eat you alive. It will. I always say the Bronx, we're like, you know, like we're like the cockroaches. You can't get rid of us. <laughs> yeah. You just can't get. We're so resilient and we fight and we just don't give up. That's one thing that, you know, I think you would agree on that. Right? I absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, what's one fun fact about you as an individual? Steve Patternack, what is something that we should know about you? Fun fact. Um, fun fact about me. I mean, listen, I had a couple fun facts, but uh Fun fact about me is that I have a guilty pleasure for reality TV, specifically love and hip hop. Okay, I thought you were gonna say the Real Housewives. Like, oh, no, 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 no. So you know Cardi B from before? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I guess oh. that, that's a fun fact about me. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, you know, the people don't really expect that. I don't expect that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Um, now, where can we find out about you, Keller Williams? If we want to purchase a home, the bar, like, give us the spiel. So um, the easiest way to to get me is always uh, a text or a phone call. Okay. Um, my cell phone. Uh, can I get my cell phone? If number? you're comfortable with it. Yeah, why not? Nine one seven. 917 may call, Steve. Actually, let me give my Google number. Yeah. 347-541-4209. That's my Google number. Okay. Um, I do follow it, but it's not my personal number. Um, online, right? Patternactrealestate.com. Can you spell Patternact? Yeah. P like Peter, A like Apple, D like David, E like Edward, R like Robert, N like Nancy, A like Apple, C like Charlie, H like Harry, T like Thomas. Oh. Realestate.com. Um, the easiest way to do it is just Google my name. Google Stephen Patternact Real Estate, you'll see my Google profile there um, and you'll have direct access to me. Um, Instagram, 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 SMP, Stephen Mary Peter uh, Realty at SMP Realty. Um, Yeah, I mean, listen, in today's day and age, you have to be accessible. Right. How much, um, how long did it take you to learn how to write your last name in school? (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't even really remember to be honest. Like that's a name. Like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. So like when I just went through P, like Peter, like Apple, like I do that. Like whenever I call customer service, they're like Patternotch, Pat, Pat. Like that's so a good spelling bee word, honestly. Yeah. So I, I, I just kind of have come up with those that little acronym there. Well, I want to say something about you um, from my experience with you before we go. I really look up to you. You're like a. A big brother to me. We both went to visitation. We kind we have the same roots, and you know, you don't find too many people that you can trust and that you know have your back. So I just want to thank you for being one of those people for me <laughs> when I call you in hysterics. But um, well, you know, you, well, you are very welcome, and and it comes from my family. Yes, right. My two older brothers, who are my role models, they once my father passed away in two thousand nine, losing. Losing my father was probably the most difficult thing that ever I have ever experienced in my life, and you just kind of end up with no direction. Mm-hmm. Um, at that, I felt like I had no direction. Right. Um, my brothers, um, thank God, I feel blessed because I feel like I grew up with three older role models. I had my father and my two older brothers, and then once my father passed away, my two older brothers stepped up and really embraced me and really kind of nobody's going to replace my dad but the two of them give me guidance when I need it when I need it Mm -hmm. Uh, the two of them really stepped up and and everything that I am is just a byproduct of of a couple things my family and my community Right. So uh, you you saying these nice words to me I truly truly appreciate it seriously you're such a very like a decent Great person. So. I, I really and appreciate it. It's very that. hard to come by. Trust me when I tell I, you that. I owe all that credit, though. Are too. you your mom's favorite because you're the baby? <laughs> all, three uh, us, uh, all three of us say that we're our mom's favorite. Uh-huh. My mom won't tell anybody to their face, but uh, I, I think you are. I, I don't think, know, but I'll, I, I, listen, I, I don't know how I can't be the favorite, to be honest. Right. I mean, um, <laughs> if you're I, hearing this, Patternack Brothers. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I want to just go back to it real quick, right? So, like, I was able to see all of these wonderful qualities that my two older brothers and my father had, three older male role models, and I was able to see their good qualities and their bad qualities. I was able to absorb all the good qualities, mm-hmm. and, you know, listen, nobody's perfect, right? My brothers aren't perfect. My father wasn't perfect, but I was able to kind of say, okay, those things things I'm not going to model my life after. I'm going to model it after all the good qualities. Right. And, 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 you know, if they do listen to this, hopefully they will, you know, I, I love them dearly and I truly, truly am thankful for having them in my life. My father, you know, may he rest in peace. He was a huge, huge, uh, um, role model for me. Um, my mom, who is just an angel, like mm-hmm. I think that she possibly walks on water. She's so <laughs> heavenly, and she has really taught me about religion. And and she always put. She really was the main reason why I went to Catholic school. Um, now, as I'm older, you know, like when you're sitting through church as a kid, you're like, I don't want to be here. Oh my god! Now, I used to be so scared going into the confessional. Me too. Right? To like that's I'm sorry. To extent, yeah. yeah. But now that I'm 42, I right. look at it like that. I need God. I, like you do. That, and I don't want to make this a religious thing. Okay. But so whatever you, whoever your God is, whatever it may be, I respect all you know versions of it. But for me, and if you're asking about me and and why I'm such a good person and why you think that I, you're giving me these praises, I have to say that it's not on me. It's on my 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 family and it's on God that made me this version. And I feel like. You know, I have to continue to just put it out there so that way I could pay it forward. Right. Well, that's it's beautiful. So I want to thank you for coming. Um, so Steve Patternack, Keller Williams, Bar Nine, go check it out, doing pianos. Um, and thank you so much for joining us and, and all the best. My pleasure. Thank you very much for Until having me. Until next time, guys. <laughs> Take care, everybody. 
Well, friends, that wraps up another episode of the Four Bronx Community Podcast. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, email me today at laura4bronx at gmail.com. Join us next time. Bye.